Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR. As always, I am joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva. And today we will be going team by team, as always, through each NFL franchise, week 10 takeaways, waiver wire guys, role changes, look at to week 11. Anything else? Evan, week 11, man. We're getting there. What's going on? We are. We are. Um, coming off not my best week from sports betting to DFS to uh, all the, the late week tilts, especially on Monday night, watching that Bears team was just, I mean, what, they're, they're so awful. Um, can't wait to just uh, rant and rave about them when we get to Chicago. All right, we'll be to the Bears in a second here. Before we get to the show, wanted to remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, our friends at Underdog Fantasy have some really innovative games that we think you guys will enjoy. The concept that's most interesting is what they're calling Battle Royale. It's a combination of DFS and best ball. Really simple. You draft a six-player roster in a snake draft, but it's a GPP-style tournament for one week. So you have a lot of strategy to think about. You don't want to go too deep into the player pool, too far off the board, but you got to get some correlation in there. You got to go off the board a little bit because much like regular DFS, can't just play the optimal and expect to win a large field tournament. You can get in for $5. First place is 4000 After you deposit, mention on the pop-up that you heard about Underdog Fantasy on ETR, and you'll be eligible for some ETR swag that we'll have an announcement about soon. Real soon on the swag, actually. Ahead of Black Friday, we're going to have a big announcement about the swag. Okay. Of course, this podcast is free. The AFC version is premium. Subscribers get a personal RSS feed. They get this. They get Silva's matchups read aloud by a man named Jake. All the shows are on that feed as well everything you need. Let's get to it with the NFC and the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is running so much, like beyond even Cam Newton 2011 running, specifically around the goal line. It's like almost hard to double stack Kyler at this point in DFS because really he's running for so many touchdowns. And so it's hard to get like three or four passing touchdowns out of him. So I've been playing Kyler with just Nuke or just Kirk. The other thing that I saw in this wild game, obviously, surprise, Kenyon Drake came back and he played pretty well. Still, running backs only got four targets on 32 Kyler attempts. And and I do want to talk about their spot coming up because I think it's a pretty tough spot for them in general. But what did you see out of Arizona's wild last minute miracle win over the Bills? Yeah, pretty much the same thing that that everybody else saw. I mean, it was, you know, it it was a really, really exciting game. Um, Kyler Murray is, you know, maybe the most exciting player in all the NFL right now. I mean, I think he's starting to make a, a, like an MVP push. I mean, we saw him outplay uh, Russ uh, a few weeks ago. We saw him outplay Josh Allen here. Um, he's going to get another opportunity in primetime uh, to go up against Russ coming up on Thursday night. Uh, and, you know, we'll get to the Seahawks then, but Russ might not have Tyler Lockett in that game. So, uh, I mean, Kyler Murray, as we've discussed, he is the highest floor, highest ceiling quarterback in all of fantasy each and every week. Um, and, you know, obviously that that catch at the end of the game by DeAndre Hopkins, just a, an absolute man among boys. I think this is a pretty tough spot for the Cardinals. So follow me here. It's a late game on Sunday, really late game, an emotional game, ridiculous, like last second win, then very short week on Thursday, have to go on the road, to Seattle, a team which has lost two straight and three of four, a team which uh, Arizona beat them a month ago in a wild game. So, like, it's really rare to sweep in the division. 
you know, going on the road on this really short week after a big win, I think Seattle gets right here and beats Arizona. I think the line opened up three, three and a half for Seattle. And um, yeah, I think it's an interesting spot for the Seahawks. Not to go all uh, Adam Walters on everybody, but yeah, is what it is. Uh, one, one other note, uh, Chase Edmonds only played two fewer. Kenyon Drake came back and he started the game. He lost a fumble, uh, but he did run for 100 yards. Uh, but he's remained uninvolved in the passing game. And Chase Edmonds only played two fewer snaps than Kendrick. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, on a short week coming off that ankle injury, which he, I mean, Kendrick returned from that ankle injury pretty quickly. Uh, you know, are we going to see the, the full Kenyon Drake uh, on a short week against Seattle? I'm kind of skeptical that I think that we end up seeing more Chase Edmonds than expected. Okay, let's go to Atlanta. And they were on a bye. Obviously, they will face the Saints who will not be who will not have Drew Brees coming up in week 11. I think the question is, will we see Calvin Ridley? I think Calvin Ridley will be back. I don't know for sure. That's an injury I'm watching. Anything else you're watching with the Falcons as they come out of their bye? No, definitely just the Calvin Ridley. You know, Calvin Ridley uh, was actually listed as questionable heading into that game before their bye. Uh, that, you know, give, giving him some chance to play. I, I would expect him to be ready to roll here in week 11 okay let's go to Carolina and this was kind of a mess Teddy got hurt in this game doesn't sound like it's as bad as initially feared and I would consider Teddy questionable for week 11 but they lost Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey is going to be out week 11 as well I believe and you see Mike Davis just continue to struggle hurt his finger but really struggled the other thing that I saw DJ Moore you know when they give DJ Moore chances and they haven't given him enough chances this year dude is just good at football and so you know he was 5100 on DraftKings last week had a nice team with him just betting on talent with that the thing i want to say if teddy doesn't go pj walker xfl temple robbie anderson temple matt rule temple there's a lot going on here with shower narratives with xfl narratives like it's all lining up to be really big but we'll see teddy's status what did you see out of carolina this week yeah i mean the just reinforced how good the bucks defense is i mean the panthers offense has played i think above expectation uh, season, but uh, they were pretty much shut down by Tampa Bay in week 10. Um, I think that Mike Davis is going to be ready to go as uh, the Panthers, you know, feature back again. And there have been, you know, whispers that Christian McCaffrey could even be out through until week 14 after the Panthers week 13 by. So um, not looking good, you know, looking like a, a lost season for, for Christian McCaffrey. For sure. Okay, let's get to those Bears that you already mentioned. And yeah, I mean, they, their offense was just a disaster in a really good matchup. I mean, you know, home against Minnesota, it's not going to get much better than that. And they still couldn't get anything going. Cordero Patterson was the feature running back. Nick Foles got hurt. Mitchell Trubisky is also banged up. Go ahead on the Bears last night. Yeah, so, you know, I um, I spent a lot of my week like driving my kid around to school and, and other activities. And, uh, you know, so I, and I, I'm a podcast listener, but inevitably you're going to run into like Chicago radio. So on Chicago re radio, you know, whether it be the, the callers in or, you know, the, the, the hosts of the show just have insisted that the biggest problem with the bears was Matt Nagy. He's got to give up play calling duties, got to give up play calling duties. Right. So then they give up play calling duties. It's and, and, you know, nothing changed. If anything, it's worse. It's worth worse with Bill Lazor facing one of the worst defenses in the league at home. And it's just it's amazing to me how they could, you know, attribute the Bears offensive problems to 
play calling when it is extremely self-evident that the Bears' biggest problem is talent on offense. They've really got one good player on offense. I mean, I like Anthony Miller and I, I like Darnell Mooney, you know, as, as role players, but they've really got one good player on offense. Their, their quarterback moves like his, his feet are stuck in concrete. I mean, Nick Foles about has the athleticism of a late career Phillip Rivers. Uh, their running back, who did not play last night, runs four six five, and any time he gets the slightest little crease, it closes up immediately because he can't explode through it. And certainly he gets caught behind from behind every single time that he gets out in, in any kind of space. The Bears' offensive line, which, which has been Ryan Pace extended the entire uh, 2018 NFL Executive of the Year, Ryan Pace extended the entire offensive line, uh, and it's been the worst offensive line in the league for, or one of the worst in the league for the past two years. Jimmy Graham, I mean, did anybody put an APB out on Jimmy Graham last night? Uh, you know, obviously they, they overpaid him. This is, you know, just one of the least talented offenses, and the, the answer to the Bears' problems was never play calling. It's the fact that they don't have enough talent on their offense, and, and hopefully we can all agree on that at this point. <laughs> Evan Walters not happy about the Bears performance last night. I mean, it was it yeah. was disgusting. And you know, I mean, look, I'm I'm only myself to blame for betting on the Bears. <laughs> okay. But uh you know, I will not make that mistake again. All right. Dallas Cowboys come out of their bye as well. Do expect them to get Andy Dalton back, which you know I think will settle them down a reasonable amount. They get to face this Vikings team who will be on a short week although the game is in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we have a lot of teams with Amari Cooper on them. I know people listening to this had a lot of teams with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb, and I'm sure people have Zeke. What can you tell the people about this spot for Andy Dalton coming back? It feels like it should be a spot if Andy Dalton's going to do it and get this offense on track, this should be it. Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, you know, the, the offensive line is not coming back. Uh, so... I don't know. I, I've kind of, you know, given up my optimism regarding the, the Cowboys offense at this point. Hopefully they hopefully they surprise me. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, indoors against a, 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 one of the worst defenses in the league can't rush the passer. You know, open the, the Vikings open the season expecting to have Yannick Ngakwe and Daniel Hunter uh, as, you know, one of the best edge tandems in football. And both of those guys are gone now. So, um the spot looks good, but I mean, Andy Dalton really wasn't impressing any but anyone before he went down either. Yeah. Okay. Detroit Lions, and obviously one of the biggest fantasy stories of the week is they announced DeAndre Swift as a starter. And we talked about it on Sunday morning. You know, we liked Swift plenty anyways. We talked about it on Friday night with Dink. However, you know, when these guys get announced, quote unquote, as a starter, it doesn't always mean a ton. In this case, it meant a lot. DeAndre Swift played 43 out of 59 snaps handled 76% of the running back carries, 83% of the running back targets. Obviously, DeAndre Swift is the kind of running back that we like in fantasy. He plays with a competent quarterback, is excellent in the pass game, and handles goal line work. So it's exciting. I get why people are excited about DeAndre Swift. He gets Carolina and then Houston after this. So it sets up really well for DeAndre Swift. I think at any time, Matt Patricia could get Adrian Peterson back in there more, could get Kerryon Johnson in there more. If this usually sticks, though, on DeAndre Swift, there's no doubt to me, at least he's a top 12 running back the rest of the way with this kind of usage. What do you think of Swift and anything else with the Lions? Yeah, hopefully they stick with this usage because, I mean, he like was the Lions offense 
on Sunday. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it's, it's Carolina and Houston coming up, two great matchups in a row. Then, then it's the Bears, but then it is Green Bay, one of the worst run defenses in football, and then Tennessee, uh, who has also really struggled uh, to stop the run and, you know, just giving up lots of, lots of uh, big yardage games to opposing RBs. So this schedule looks gorgeous for DeAndre Swift and really the Lions offense as, as a whole, hopefully they can get back Kenny Galladay soon um, because that would give them another dimension on offense. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw Kenny Galladay's Instagram, but he was in like full thrust with uh, a special lady friend that he had on Instagram. And so it looks like to me, at least uh, the hip is feeling better. So we'll see if he can get back, he can get back on the field. All right. Green Bay uh, was not easy for Green Bay. But they did get past Jacksonville. And, you know, I was a little frustrated. I think Aaron Jones was right on draftings. That's 7,100. But he only out-touched Jamal Williams 18 to 11. And the splits for Aaron Jones when Devontae Adams plays are certainly not the best. Like, Aaron Jones has his huge games typically when Devontae Adams sits. So, I guess maybe a little regret there. Still think it was right. But, you know, obviously Green Bay's offense did not hum as expected against Jacksonville. Devontae Adams still got there. Of course, what you see out of Green Bay's game against the Jags. Yeah, MVS uh, has now shown up in, in two games in a row. This is, He's been one of the toughest guys to predict. I mean, we, he's been getting air yards all year long uh, and doing very, very little with them uh, until the, the past two weeks. And now Alan Lazard is coming back, you know, I, or at least I think he's expected back to be back this week. Um, you know, what's that going to do to MVS? Um, and then I think it, it also is going to erase Robert Tanyan more than Tanyan has been, you know, erased even, you know, just by the fact that Devontae Adams has come back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Aaron Jones had 18 touches. Jamal Williams had 11. That's not an abnormal split, I don't think. I mean, maybe, you know, we should expect more like 20 to 9 mm-hmm. or something like that going forward. But, I mean, I think that that's, that's the split. It's just that Aaron Jones didn't make any big plays, didn't score any touchdowns. I think he's on a four-game streak now of zero touchdowns. And he's been a guy who has really, you know, just smashed in terms of uh, his touchdown scoring uh, over the past two seasons uh, beyond that this past month. For sure. Okay. The Los Angeles Rams haven't called it uh, Josh Reynolds season. And now, you know, people are kind of waking up to the fact that over the last four games, Josh Reynolds has actually had a really strong role. Last four games, Cooper Cup, 10.5 targets per game. Reynolds, eight. Wood, 7.2. So, I mean, this Josh Reynolds thing, I don't think is going away obviously this is one of the best possible matchups he'll find all year they get the bucks next which is a difficult matchup Andrew Whitworth got hurt in this game for the Rams which I think is an offensive line injury worth noting and the other thing I saw was Cam Akers you know leading the team in carries and it was still a three-man committee so it's not great but at least he led the team in carries at least worth noting there what you see out of the Rams win over the Seahawks yeah this Andrew Whitworth situation is really worrisome I think for the entire offense Andrew Whitworth did not have his best season Last year, but he'd been playing at a high level uh, so far this year. He ripped his uh, MCL and he damaged his PCL, and he's expected to miss six to eight weeks, which, what I mean, there's seven weeks or six or seven weeks left. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we know that Jared Goff is one of the most pressure sensitive quarterbacks in the league. They've got Tampa Bay coming up. Uh, this is, I think, it's a really big concern for the, the entire offense. Yeah, for sure. And certainly going from facing the Seahawks to facing the Bucks is one of the most stark differences you're going to find in terms of matchup difference. Minnesota, 
uh, in this Monday night game. I mean, Justin Jefferson is just, I mean, even in one of the hardest matchups you'll find against the Bears pass defense, Justin Jefferson just ripping through the defense now up to 3.23 yards per route run. Best in the NFL. Michael Thomas led the entire NFL last year at 2.88 yards per route run. Other thing I noticed, though, with no Irv Smith out there, you know, Kyle Rudolph had a bit of an expanded role. It is a short week, but getting Cowboys next. And so these Dalvin Cook 30-touch games against the Cowboys are going to look really, really good. Justin Jefferson's efficiency is going to look really, really good against the Cowboys. And so it's an interesting spot for the Vikings for sure. What do you see out of their win against Chicago? Yeah, Jefferson's up to like four 100-yard games this year. Yeah, he's been absolutely Dude, pe- fantastic. Pe- people in Philly are ready to kill Howie for taking Rieger over Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I mean, just kill him. Yeah. Because they, they yeah. say it's not even hindsight. At the time, they said we should have taken Jefferson, you know? Right. But whatever. Right. Yeah. I, I wish they would have, too, because I, I had Jefferson of the Eagles in my mock draft. Um, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins played really, really well, though, and this stupid primetime narrative, yeah. you know, about his win-loss record in primetime. So stupid. He played for the freaking Redskins. Mm-hmm. You know, he played for the Redskins, <laughs> you know? Um, what do you think his record was going to be? You know, it's it it bad. Um, but he played really, really well in this game. Um, and, you know, Dalvin Cook <clears throat> had like maybe one big play over the course of the game, but the workload was just outrageous. He got banged up uh, sort of late in the game, but he came back. Um, he's got Dallas coming up, you know, one of the worst defenses in football. So I, I would expect him to get right back on track. I mean, he had 34 touches in this game, uh, they are, you know, completely unafraid to, to just feed him the rock. Yeah. Okay. Interesting situation going on in new Orleans. First of all, a, what is wrong with Michael Thomas? I know this game kind of got really weird. They didn't throw the ball a ton and Michael Thomas still, you know, led the team in air yards, led the team in targets, but still, this is not the Michael Thomas catch trait we're used to seeing. Second of all, Drew Brees going down. We expect James Winston to get the start against the Falcons this week coming up, how do you think the offense changes with Jameis under center and what's the outlook for Michael Thomas going forward? I think that the question, I mean, we know, we know about Jameis Winston. We know the way that he plays. He's had, had a lot of success against Atlanta who they've got coming up on, on their schedule. Um, historically, he's played them so many times over the years, obviously having uh, started for the, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in that same division. Um, with Michael Thomas, like, look, you know, he can look good in practice. He can look good at times in the game. But, you know, if, if he's not 100 percent, you know, coming off this high ankle sprain, it's just it's the worst injury. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. You know, it, you can never say, like, for sure, if the dude is 100 percent because they're so and, and they're so susceptible to like setbacks. And I mean, and you know, he's the type of receiver as you know, he's not like a, like a true deep threat. He's like a short to intermediate receiver who, you know, does a lot of work in the slot and, you know, needs to use his, his agility and his shiftiness. And, you know, he's an excellent route runner when he's a hundred percent. And he's got a, you know, he needs that ankle to be at a hundred percent. So I don't know. It's just, it's one of the most frustrating injuries. You know, we talked about it, like right when he suffered, it was like, you sell him low because, you know, this could be an absolute disaster. He had the compensation injury with the hamstring. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, it's like you you have to play him. You yeah. know, he's playing against Atlanta. Yeah. But you can't be surprised 
if he doesn't have a big game because we don't know what his health stat, his true health status is. Yeah. One thing about catch rate with Michael Thomas, I mean, he was like setting all time records in catch rate. He's not going to do that with Jameis Winston. The hope is that with Jameis Winston, he sees targets further down the field than he would have with Drew Brees. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not. And maybe the ankle prevents him from that, but either way, I mean, this is like the best possible spot. You can look at our DVP stuff. I mean, Atlanta against the pass is the worst in almost every category. So yeah, really interesting game. And, and I hope, because I mean, Jameis is obviously in play for DFS. I hope that we don't get a lot of Taysom at quarterback. By the way, Taysom is tight end eligible on FanDuel this weekend. I believe he's 4,500. So that's an interesting question too. If you think Taysom's going to play some quarterback, you can fill the tight end spot for just 4,500 and get some Taysom snaps. We'll talk about more about that on Friday. New York Giants, uh, get a win against the Eagles. I don't have a lot to say here about the Giants other than Daniel Jones rushing. And like, you see it again, 34-yard touchdown run. He's on pace to run for 614 yards this season. And so it raises his floor and his ceiling just a little bit. But obviously with Jason Garrett, with no Saquon, you know, it's just it's just not a situation where I'm, I, I'm willing to take the L on Daniel Jones at this point. But anyways, they're going on by, then they face the Bengals. Anything on the Giants? No, pretty much same as you. Um, going on the bye, you know, get get all their dudes healthy. Evan Ingram uh, went back into uh, uh, missing persons mm-hmm. uh, this past week. I don't know. It was, uh, I want to hear you talk about uh, the what, what's going on in Philly. Okay, let's get to Philly. What's going on in Philly is it went from we should have kept Nick Foles and traded Carson Wentz to we need Jalen Hurts under center right now. And everybody's seen enough of Carson. I mean, I, you know, it, it's, it's obviously bad. And like, they got all their guys back healthy pretty much and still laid an egg against the Giants. And I, I don't want to blame it all on Carson, but he's not been good ever since he tore his, what was that? Like the Rams game, like three years ago, he tore his ACL. It just hasn't been the same for Carson uh, ever since then. And I don't know if that's it or what, but it's just not going well. I will say for Miles Sanders' sake, Miles Sanders came back and I thought looked good and had a really good role. It's really, really unlucky that Corey Clement got one touch and scored a touchdown on it. Boston Scott got four touches and scored a touchdown on it. Then I played Goddard and, you know, Goddard's usage was really strong. He left for a few plays, but he still played over 90% of the snaps. Uh, 19 of those snaps were slaughter wide, 16% target share. If Carson would have played better, I mean, Goddard, I think would have had a really nice game. So, just tilting. I mean, I had Miles, I had Goddard. It wasn't was not the greatest situation for the Eagles in this spot. I don't know. Do you think Carson is like broken? I mean, what do you think is going on? Well, one thing that I noticed in this game is that, and you know, Wentz had been playing like a lot of YOLO ball up until this point. Coming out of the bye, it seemed like they emphasized like wanting to keep him in the pocket and not roll him out. Um, maybe that was detrimental their offense he is a really good runner um, and he also can make you know big time throws on the run mm-hmm. so I don't know taking him you know trying to box him into being you know strictly a pocket quarterback I don't know if that's playing to his strengths um, yeah I mean this has been like a, a 500 or sub 500 team really since their Super Bowl win mm-hmm. uh, and they lost a bunch of you know good coaches most notably Frank Reich um, but you know coming off the bye and then lose you know, with all their dudes healthy and then losing to the Giants is just yeah. such an Eagles thing to do. I, I, I didn't get a whole lot right, uh, you know, last week uh, from a sports betting standpoint. But one thing I did get right is not betting on the Eagles because I just every time I saw their, you know, their spread, 
um, against the Giants, I was just like, man, they're going to figure out a way to blow this. And, yeah. and of course they did. You mentioned that they're 500 since the Super Bowl win. They're 500, and most of those wins have come against the NFC East. You know, right. if they played the NFC East, I mean, they'd be one of the worst teams in football. So, all right, let's go to San Francisco. Uh, it was good to see Jordan Reed back from his knee injury. And as we expected, Jordan Reed did see a role expansion, 31 out of 70 snaps, 23 of them slot or wide. What I like seeing about Jordan Reed is, yeah, even though he doesn't play a ton of snaps, when he runs a route, he's like the primary target for whatever quarterback's back there. And so for Nick Mullins, for sure. Also, Brendan Ayuk. I mean, it looks like San Francisco has a real ball. in Brandon Ayuk, they do get a much needed buy, kind of clean some things up health-wise, then Rams, Bills, football team what do you see out of san francisco against the saints yeah and jermichael hasty broke his collarbone um raheem mostert i would suspect comes back after the bye mm-hmm. uh not getting garoppolo back i don't think you know not getting kittle back in all likelihood so still going to be a, a really banged up offense we'll see if debo comes back but i'm with you i think that brandon i you know before the season there was sort of a debate between Brandon Ayuk and Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rieger, you know, sort of, they were all sort of in that same, in that same uh, range. And Brandon Ayuk has won. And I think that Brandon Ayuk probably got the least buzz out of those three. And Brandon Ayuk has won that going away. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks. So DK Metcalf becomes the latest victim of the Rams truly elite pass defense. I mean, they've slowed down Amari Cooper, Steph Diggs, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, Devontae Parker. Now they slow down. DK Metcalf. Um, they play Arizona on Thursday in a potential, in a likely shootout. What do you see out of Seattle's game against the Rams? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey did a great job on DK Metcalf. He, you know, we talked about that on uh, Friday. Was he going to shadow? He absolutely did shadow, uh, and he won that battle going away. Tyler Lockett really did not capitalize. I think that. If Marquise Williams, um, who played an amazing game uh, against Seattle, didn't knock away that uh, that last you know that last touch that fourth quarter uh, touchdown opportunity, you know we would have a different view of what happened with Tyler Lockett uh, in this game. But he did see nine targets. I think that on that play, he kind of like fell out of the back of the end zone, and I think that he hurt his knee on that play, and he was DNP or the Seahawks didn't have a practice on mm-hmm. Monday but they have to give out a, 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 an injury report, you know, like a would-be injury report, and he was listed as DNP. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good way to start off the week. I think that that injury happened on that very play, uh, and we'll have to see if he's available against the Rams. I mean, are we looking at Freddie Swain uh, in three receiver sets uh, with David Moore and uh, yeah. DK Metcalf? That's something I guess we'll, we'll have to figure out. Yeah, for sure. For the showdown slate against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, they've been throwing to Freddie Swain anyways, you know, so um, interesting game on Thursday for sure for showdown. And and we've gotten so many bad showdown slates lately, like Vikings, Bears and other crappy games. This is an awesome game for showdown on yeah. Thursday. I'm sure there'll be a lot of action. By the way, Russ has been atrocious, man. Yeah. I mean, this he was terrible in this game. Yeah. I, the Rams did a good job defensively, but Russ was... I, I, he's definitely not the MVP favorite anymore. He's turned the ball over seven times over the past two weeks. Yep. Okay. Ten Bay Bucks. So Ronald Jones loses a fumble on the first drive of this game, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, that's it. It's Uncle Lenny time. Uncle Lenny's gonna play the rest of the game." Because that's what happened last time. I think it was against the Giants. Ronald Jones fumbled, and then he got benched for the rest of the game. This time, Bruce Arians decides to stick with Ronald Jones. He says, "Hey, you're our dude." 
ends up with 23 carries, breaks off a 98-yard touchdown run. It's just so crazy. Like, Bruce Aarons is, like, just randomizing when he's benching guys for fumbles. Antonio Brown, you know, Tom Brady loves this dude. There's another report out now that Antonio Brown, like, I don't know, did something at his homeowners association, like he's being a bad neighbor. I don't even know what's going on, but I don't know, man. Like Tom Brady, regardless of what Antonio Brown does off the field, Tom Brady loves this dude. So it's just ridiculous. They play their Rams on Monday night football this week. What'd you see out of the Bucks? Somebody had a tweet today, like, you know, for all the all the horrible things that Antonio Brown has done, wouldn't it be something if the the Karens uh, uh, in, in in his HOA are the people that uh, actually get him kicked out of the NFL for good? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, no, I mean, Bucks beat up on a you know a, a poor defense. Uh, but that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, Godwin had a good game. Evans had a good game. AB had a good game. Gronkowski got in the end zone. Yeah. You know, Brady was – we talked about, you know, some of the older quarterbacks that maybe had a chance at big games on, on the Friday show, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady wound up being that guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, last one we're going to do today is the Washington football team. J.D. McKissick now has 29 targets in the last two weeks, and I understand that Alex Smith has been captain check down in his career, but that's outrageous. 29 targets. He's now at 6.8 targets per game on the season. The thing about it is it's like pretty condensed. And so when you get these spots like against the Lions and they play the Bengals next, like football team actually can make sense through McLaurin. LT3 is still paying hundred percent of the snaps. And obviously you have McKissage and you have Anderson who looked really good. So, you know, there's encouraging stuff for the football team. We like Scott Gibson. They play the Bengals this week. It's actually looking okay. What you see out of the football team against the Lions. Yeah, I can't believe they dropped dropped Alex Smith back to pass 55 times uh, against the Lions. But you're right. I mean, another good matchup coming up. You know, they did move the ball uh, against Detroit. Um, you know, m- might have had a chance to win, except Prater hits this, like, 59-yard field goal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I guess it's good for the pass catchers that – the red that Washington is willing to allow Alex Smith to throw that much because Terry McLaurin got there. Logan Thomas got there, you know, this Isaiah Wright dude. Uh, he even got there. Um, Steven Sims is back as the, uh, as Washington's uh, slot receiver. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I guess, I guess we could say that maybe Washington's in better hands now with Alex Smith than they were with Dwayne Haskins or Kyle Allen. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And also, obviously, the Bengals are going to drop back Joe Burrow a ton. And, and that's why you see wide receivers mm-hmm. doing so well against the Bengals. Not only are they struggling on defense, but also you, they allow the opposing team to rattle off so many plays and passing plays. Okay, that is going to do it for this NFC team-by-team podcast. We'll be back on the premium feed for the AOC podcast. Stay tuned to the site, to Twitter. We have a bunch of Black Friday offers, sales for both current subscribers and potential subscribers coming up. So, for Evan, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.